We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Brent wants to know when Notre Dame will expand their home capacity closer to 100,000 if possible. I just never. I don't see it ever. Ha- you know, one, they reduced capacity exactly. when they did the renovations. Exactly. And now, since the sellout streak ended a few years ago, you're see- with the exception of the big games, there are empty pockets all over the stadium right no. now. I don't, I don't see them ever expand. You know, it's like, again, like the luxury stuff would be the big thing. Cause like, if we go back to what we were talking about with the hotel and an entertainment area, you know, like Notre Dame does its own like corporate, you know, big wig tailgate type stuff out there by the track with the tents and all that different stuff. If you had something more permanent and you put on, you know, even bigger, fancier, like it seems like the luxury stuff is the way they're going. I don't, I don't see them ever expanding past what they've got right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, I mean, if you, if you think about it, like they're enclosed in, there's literally four buildings on the four sides of the stadium. They can't get any bigger unless they tear down one of those buildings. And that's Mm -hmm. obviously not going to happen in our lifetimes because they just built them. So there's nowhere for them to go to make the stadium bigger. And you're absolutely right, Sean. You make a really good point. They don't sell out all the games. You don't want to make a stadium bigger if you're not selling it out. So shows how empty it is. Yeah, exactly. They're not. That's not going to happen uh, anytime. It's a good question. I just don't see that ever because they're now they they're landlocked essentially, right? I mean, they they can't go anywhere else. Yeah, to you make can't more... spend the money on those improvements that they did X amount of years ago and then kind of tear them down and go even higher. If that was your plan, you should have just done it from the beginning. Yeah, right. I, I think if they were going to do anything, it would be some kind of you know they they've already added a second press box. And got us media staring into the sun now. Other side now. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. But I mean, even that side is also, you know, the media, you know, gets squeezed a little bit and there's more luxury type stuff going in there. And and that's, I just think that's the direction it'll go. If they're they're going to make any other additions, it's going to be like expand the press box, more luxury type (laughs) stuff than anything, because that's the premium stuff that you can charge more money for and make your money. That's right. Donors and all that different kind of stuff exactly (laughs) so pack the pack 12 is approved in-game and pre-game football access initiatives that are going to be implemented in their tv broadcasts on espn fox and the pack 12 networks 
this season. They will include in-game head coaches interviews, pre-game and halftime locker room camera access, coaches and select players wired on field during the pregame, cameras in the coaches booth without sound, an extended handheld camera permission. I'm not exactly sure what that is, that last one. But what do you guys think of all this? Yeah, so I'll, I'll take the lead on this and I'll kind of go one by one down the list of kind of how I feel about them. Because there's some things where I feel like I would be okay with and there's some things where I'm just mm-hmm. like, eh, we don't really need it. So I'll, I'm just going to go through the list in, in that kind of manner. Okay. Um, in-game coaches, head coach interviews, hate them. Not needed. <laughs> they ask obvious questions. The answers are obvious. When a team is down, they ask, coach, how do you feel? What are you going to do to change? Well, if you're getting blown out, Defense needs to step up. Offense yep. needs to score a little bit. And obviously, get a we're not off head coach. Yeah, yeah. we're not playing oh, how yeah. we're supposed to. And then you got, you know, the team that's winning, and it's like, yeah, we're winning. We're just going to continue to do what we've been doing and, you know, hopefully make a couple of adjustments. So it's access for the sake of saying you've got access. Yeah. It, to me, it's just, it's just completely unnecessary. But pregame and halftime locker room access, I think that's kind of cool. You know, seeing the coaches get, give up, give the kind of, you know, fire up pump up speech seeing the players kind of get pumped up coming on the field like until I, you're like, brian kelly and you say something that you know offends somebody and then you've got to apologize <laughs> for it because the right. cameras are in the locker so, like, room at half that one i'm 50 no more 50 Mr. Nice on. Guy. like i could live without it but I, I i wouldn't be like wow that's what i've been missing you know that's what's going to complete uh-huh. my experience so that one I'm, I'm okay with coaches and select players wired on field pregame that's another one where i think it would just be kind of cool like i don't need it but i it's not like i'm like you know like wow this is the greatest thing in the world but again it'd be kind of cool just to you know see see what the players are going through coaches are going through pregame kind of the nerves what that looks like you know that that sort of thing um extended or sorry cameras and coaches booth i think that's stupid and i think that it's like the only reason it's popular is because of tommy Tommy reese And it it really provides no real, you know, like it it just, again, doesn't provide much to the fan experience. You see a coach in there. Here's the coach drinking a Powerade, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's not a whole lot. And I think the extended handheld camera permission would be like walking around with a handheld camera, maybe during the games, like on the sideline or something, just giving you like different pans of, so I'm majority selling on this. I just think it's not necessary. I think, like some of it could be cool and, and kind of fun, but it, it's just not needed at the end of the day. It's, it's it's redundant, and there's just nothing to really gain out of it, in my opinion. All right. That was all really good, Jesse. Um, <laughs> I agree with a lot of it. I do. Uh, remember, he missed the first 15 minutes of the show, so he's yeah. jamming all his... <laughs> no, it's all good, man. I, I, I love coffee, it. coffee, too. You know, I'm still fired up. <laughs> The in-game head coach interviews, I completely agree with Jess. They're completely ridiculous. They're unnecessary. And the coach needs to be focused on coaching the game. Uh, I, I think that's stupid. Pre-game and halftime locker room access, I hate that with the passion of a million sons. <laughs> I don't like that because a coach isn't going to be able to say what he wants to say to his players with a camera in his face. It's and not genuine. that's not fair. Yeah, exactly. It's unless you're Brian Kelly, and then you get well, in trouble. And you have to he apologize. He sucks at halftime speeches. So, <laughs> well, but still, there, there was nothing was better wrong than Redmond, with, Vince. Like, like, look, 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 look. We can all feel the way that we feel about Brian Kelly. There was nothing wrong in that instance with what he said. I don't even remember team. what he said. 
He said, "I'm like, let's go out in the second. I think it was the South Florida game, and let's okay. you know, like, put the, put the, you know, put the 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 pedal down on him. I'm tired of being the nice guy." And oh, then he had to apologize okay. for saying, "No, I'm tired that's of stupid. Being, What's wrong with saying him? It's not like he that's cursed. ridiculous. That's yeah. not even a, that, honestly, that's not even a good speech." And he had to apologize for it. That's the problem. <laughs> like that's why they should not be in there. Hundred percent. That's why they should not be in there, okay? And I'm sorry if this is going to offend some people, but sometimes you got to use some language with your players to get them fired up. I'm sorry, that's just a fact, and you can't do that with a camera in your face. This, I, so this I, might, this might, you know, astound some pearl clutchers, but even at a Catholic <laughs> university, there's yeah. some language going around. Yeah, if I, I, mean, I can't even repeat the, the, the things that my coach told me in <laughs> yeah, college. Exactly. Exactly. Non-repeatable things. Now yes. there, there's a right and a wrong way to go about it, and I get all of that. But there, it, you're hamstrung with a camera in your face because you're double thinking everything that you want to say without getting out what you actually want to say. Get them, get them out of the locker room. Hundred percent. I can't stand that. It's not fair to the coaches, and and that includes Brian Kelly. It's not fair to him. And you know, maybe his halftime speeches would have been awesome if there was no camera in his face. You know, maybe. Get him out. So that's one I don't like. Being wired pregame, that's fine. I mean, I, again, it doesn't add anything for me, but that's totally fine. Well, I don't. That doesn't bother me. Here's what I'd say to that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Like, I was watching... I was watching the the Lakers uh, Nuggets game. Okay. 
last night, and they had one of the players wear. Don't you feel like anytime they wire these guys, it's corny? Like, don't you feel like they're playing things oh, for up sure. because they know they're wired? And like, yeah, I don't feel like any of it is ever authentic. Like, I'd like to know, you know, like the the some of their put a mic on them without them knowing. Yeah, it's like some of their teammates look look at them sometimes. Like, you don't usually talk like this, you know. And that's how I feel when I'm listening and watching this stuff. I don't feel like any of it's authentic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's never, it's never, it's never authentic. So, but I, but it like, it doesn't matter. Like that's neither here nor there. You know what I mean? Like, you really want to hear me grunting while I'm stretching. Awesome. Like, that's fine. You can go ahead and wire me up for that. Uh, Cameras in the coach's booth without sound. They've been in there forever. There's been cameras on the coach's booth forever. They just want reactions to touchdowns and interceptions. That's what they want. And okay, fine. Whatever. And bad quarterback play. Right. (laughs) And extended handheld camera permission. My guess is they're going to run out, like they're going to run onto the field with like the quarterback into the huddle and then like run off. And they're going to maybe a little bit more on field kind of stuff. Obviously when the play is not actually happening, but like when they go to a timeout, they'll run out onto the field a little quicker. Okay, whatever. If you really want a close up of the quarterback and, you know, whatever, that doesn't matter to me really. So, um, I mean, I get why they're doing it. They want to get people excited about the Pac-12. Okay. And the TV networks pay yeah. a little bit more. You know, sure. They pay a little extra for this access. That's fine. As well. I, I mean, I think, that, that's uh, fine. I think my amendment would be like the best one, pregame and halftime locker room access. I don't care about those. Give me postgame access. You know, like the celebratory locker room or the coach, what he's saying to kind of mend a tough loss or maybe a blowout loss. You know, what? what is – what are they saying in those moments? I don't know. I think it'd be kind of fun to see the post game more than in, a lot of losses. Pre game and end game. But you can bleep that. You, you know, you can. You've got a seven second delay. They can bleep anything they want. But no. I guess I, I'm saying if that's if you're dying to do something, I would be most interested in post game, not in yeah, game. They're they're, they're never going to go that way because of that because they don't want that. You know, there's a reason like. NCAA games have 15 minute cooling off periods because they, they want to avoid that kind of stuff as much as possible, mm-hmm. especially with hot mics, you know, like look at Richard Sherman and the, the infamous Aaron Andrews thing, you know, a while back, you know, that's, they don't want that at a right. college game. I guess I just look at this list and we've, how many examples can we give of, Oh, Brian Kelly or Tommy Reese or, or, whatever and like is this 2008 like is the pac-12 just discovering this stuff that like you can do this like this stuff has been around forever yeah for the most part like I, i'm kind of astounded that these things weren't going on in their broadcasts already because like everybody else is is doing them and again the in-game head coach's interview is the dumbest thing ever like oh jesse terrible. said it right off the top not there are no good, maybe 10% good questions. And even when the question is good, the head coach most of the time doesn't want to answer it because you're, right. bugging, him, you're bugging him in the game. When he's he's literally like, people don't come up to you during your work day and they're like, hey, so uh, you just turned into that uh, that proposal. What do you think about it? Uh, your boss right. gave you a dirty look. What are, what are your thoughts? Like, that's just stupid. You don't do that and you don't bother the guy while he's trying to coach. Let him be. Let him be. Exactly. We got another question from Matt going back to uh, Notre Dame attendance. He said, are the high price of tickets the reason or one of the reasons they don't have much sellouts? I mean, 
I think it's part of the, the reason. I, I yeah, think there are a lot of reasons. For crappy these games days. are that they're high. It's that combination. Yes. Crappy, crappy games and well, high prices. And I think the third thing on top of that is football. And I, I, I don't know that you guys completely agree. I'll see if you agree. Football is the best sport to watch on TV. To me, it's the best. It's the best TV experience of all the sports. Like compared to being at the game sure. or watching on TV. It's it's a better experience for the most part watching on your t- television. Well, it, it, the the ticket prices thing is ridiculous. They they have pretty much iced out the local crowd, which um, is crazy. Why would you not allow the the common working local man to come right. to Tennessee State and Notre Dame for forty dollars off per ticket, thirty dollars off per ticket? I mean, back in the day, they would open it up to the public sales, and that's how they would get all of their sellouts. They wouldn't sell them out. To all the out-of-town people, they would open them up like Thursday or Friday to the, the people around town. And remember, there would be lines out of the, the ticket office connected to the stadium there of people buying tickets the day before or even the day of, for that matter. And they would sell out because their tickets were like 20 bucks, yeah. you know, 20. And I'm not saying they got to be 20 bucks, but they at least need to be more affordable than they are now so that you can go on a whim to a Notre Dame game. Like, we used to go uh, when I was in high school, and we a bunch of buddies. We'd just walk around. We'd end up like scalping a ticket for twenty bucks. We'd go in. There was a time I remember very vividly. We're walking around the stadium. Some guy dips over the side of the stadium. He's like, "Hey guys, you want a ticket?" And he threw tickets to us, <laughs> and we like caught them and went into the game. Like, the, you know, and I'm not saying that all the tickets need to be free or whatever, but people aren't doing that anymore. Like, yeah. It's just it's way well, and you, too difficult. You can't do it now because they're all electronic. It's all digital too. Yeah, no one's going to throw you their cell phone and let you right. in. So. My email address is V. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, like, right. yeah, it, it just, v. <laughs> v. <laughs> it, it's it's so difficult now and it's so expensive. Like if I tried to take my family to a game, I'd be in the poorhouse. You know, right? They they've iced out the local market and it's it's a shame. No disagreement, no disagreement, you know, and they remember when they were revealed a few years back when the sellout streak ended that there had been some donors who had basically before each game, they were buying them all up and that ended. They just said, let it end. And I think you've seen the result of that is you've seen more empty seats over the last few years. And the sad part to me is even in the student section, you're seeing a lot of empty seats and it's like, you're a Notre Dame student. What else are you doing yeah. on on those six Saturdays a year? That's what I, I, I do agree with you about TV. There there are times where I I am happy that it's an away game because I get to just sit at home and watch the game on TV. Now there are obvious benefits to being in person because you can see the whole field and you know that kind of a stuff. But fighting the traffic and sitting in the stadium and all of those different things, my couch is pretty comfortable and. You know, I, I there are benefits to sitting at home watching the game, and you're right; it is a better experience than any other sport watching football on TV. Yeah, and I'm not saying Notre Dame specific. I'm saying in general, college pro yeah. football across the board. Yeah, it's a it's a better because you've got all the stuff up there on your TV. Which tell you what, we'll we'll flip flop the questions here. Speaking of which, fill in the blank. The best TV sports broadcast invention slash innovation is blank. This is easy. This is super duper easy. Okay. Uh, 
it's the it's the ticker or the, you know the game bug or whatever you call it with the the score and how much time is left if it's baseball you know what inning there is how many outs or whatever that is by far the best invention that they've ever done for sports because you can actually walk away come back and know right where what everything that is going on it's all right there now don't get crazy and put way too much out there i need the score i need how much time is left I need, you know, the down and distance, the quarter, the outs, who's on base. That's it. And it's awesome. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yep. Jesse? I would say that or um, Sky Cameras. Like Sky the, the ability. You know, just like the ability. Like, because like, you know, the, the the way that cameras have revolutionized. Like you see the guys on the, the sidelines oh, okay. and they have like the thing that's they're the big giant thing that's like moving with the play. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I, I would say that, but Vince ultimately took what I was going to say. Just the 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 ability to have like the, the running score and then other scores kind of popping up too at the bottom. But having you know score, time, down distance, what period, quarter, inning, whatever it might be, they're in. Because like Vince said, you could walk away, come back, and still you know know what's coming on. You can flip over to another game, come back, see what's going on. Um, but that and like I said, just the ability to do so much with cameras to, to get the whole scope or perspective of the play, to have the perfect angle where you can see the quarterback throw the ball, you see the ball in the air, and you see the wide receiver catch it, like all in kind of one frame. To me, that's got to be one of the better inventions. Vince, you're old enough. Do you remember watching sporting events pre-scorebug on the screen? Very, very vaguely, that? like very vaguely. And, and it's obviously gotten better as time has gone on. Uh, but I've watched replays of games well, without it, and it's terrible. You don't know what's I going thought, on. Where I thought of this question, I was sitting there. I've talked about my NFL network habit during the day, and they've been showing classic Super Bowls. They mm. showed Super Bowl ten yesterday afternoon. Dallas Cowboys, Pittsburgh Steelers. Super Bowl ten. And we're on what Super Bowl fifty seven now, 50 or so. Yeah. This has been a while. This was the nineteen seventies. This was nineteen seventy six. Yeah. And Pat Summerall was doing the game. I'm not sure who he was doing the game with, but that's the. It's jarring watching these games because I yes. keep looking at the screen, wanting to see okay how much time left. And he kept saying, "We're in the waning moments of the second period. Halftime coming soon." And literally, he was saying that for like a half an hour. And he yep. would he wasn't even the you know, cuz the other part of that he wasn't even saying like this many minutes until halftime. This is the score, you know, like you would do in radio all the time. None of this is on the screen and he wasn't saying it. You know, he would say the score every now and then, but it, for all the reasons that you just said. And I do, you know, obviously that's what I grew up with. It's more jarring now going back <laughs> and seeing that because we're we've had this for like 30 years now and i do remember and i and i looked this up this afternoon just to make sure that i had my you know sort of timeline right it was introduced in the united states in the 1994 soccer world cup and then that it late. made its it made its nfl intro when fox took over the nfl contract that same year and they called it the fox box that's what everyone was calling it huh. the fox box when it came on the screen and I found this on Wiki Wikipedia today. Dick Ebersole of NBC Sports opposed the idea of a scorebug 
because he thought fans would dislike seeing more graphics on the screen and change the channel during blowout games. Oh, Dick. Wrong. Yes. Um, and then someone else, uh, Variety Magazine, criticized it as an annoying see-through clock and score graphic. Um, it said that there would be people who actually watched the beginning of the game and would rather have their screen clear of graphics. Like, I, I don't think, could any of us watch a game now without no. some kind of score bug? On the screen. No, everyone's reluctant to change whenever it starts. Absolutely. I, I was in a, uh, a sports bar uh, on vacation over spring break, and they were wow. showing. They, That's big for you. I was eating, but, you know. <laughs> Drinking um, his Mountain Dew. <laughs> they, were showing, they were showing a classic uh, Michael Jordan game, and I want to say probably from the late 80s, early 90s, you know, before they were super good, but they were kind of making their run a little bit, right? And – I forget who they I think they were playing the Pistons. It was one of those type of games, right? It's a great game. There was no bug, obviously. There's no Fox mm -hmm. box. And I was getting super frustrated <laughs> watching this game because they kept put they kept uh it was like an ESPN classic, right? And they kept putting up, you know, uh the Bulls come back from like 30 down to win the game. And you know, I'm watching the game I'm like I don't know how far down they are. I don't right. know how they're, if they're closing the gap right now. Like I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. It was super frustrating to watch that game. We're yeah. totally spoiled now with that. Totally. Spoiled. Exactly. Exactly. And I looked up some of the other innovations to kind of see, because again, like we're so used to them, like when they were introduced, the telestrator, John Madden, of course, Boom. of course it would have been him. Yeah. I mean, he made it famous. He was the first to use it in a sporting event in Super Bowl 16 between the Bengals and the 49ers. I guess it was invented in the 1950s, but it took over 30 really? years for, for John Madden to first use it, Super Bowl 16 in like 1982, something like that, 83. Huh. Uh, the first downline on the field. Do you know when that was introduced? I'll that quiz you be, guys. That had to be early 2000s. Jesse, guess. 2006. <laughs> He's very more specific than me. That's good. I would have thought it was more recent as well. 1997. ESPN really? did it. Huh. In 1997, they won a sports Emmy for coming up with the first downline. And I mean, I think that's another really good one. You know, like the fact, like what took them so long <laughs> to put a line on the field so you know where the first down is. But I mean... Know? We're spoiled with that too, aren't we? Because yeah. when it's not there, you're like, well, where's the first down marker? Yeah, like, exactly. It's, it's where the orange thing is, guys. It's right there. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm totally spoiled when I watch it on TV. Yep. Uh, the strike zone box, you know, showing the strike zone on the baseball. That's a fairly new thing. as well. No, shut No, really? Because they, yeah. they, they have it out there like all the time now. And you mm -hmm. can see where the ball crosses, which... I don't know if I like it, to be honest with you. I don't know. I, don't I know. wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind them doing away with the strike zone box. Right. Yeah. There's exactly. no way I'd want them to do away with the score bug, but strike right. zone box. I the could strike zone that, box just uh, adds fuel to the fire about the umpire situation. I think so You're asking for problems when you show the box and it consistently shows the umpire yeah. making a bad call. Yeah. Good call. Yep. yep. I agree. NFL's first Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving game is going to be between the Jets and the Dolphins. One of you and I talked about this probably last week. Um, it's going to kick off at 3 o'clock Eastern time. I've seen some and heard some pushback that it should be a primetime game, not an afternoon game. What do you think, Jess? 
I definitely believe it has to be um, a primetime game. I can't believe that it's not a primetime game because, you know, the way I look at it on holidays, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever, um, and I'll add Black Friday to that list, is people got stuff going on in the day. And it's nice to have something in the evening to kind of come to, you know, sit down after your long day of probably being with family. Black Friday, we're, you know, we're probably talking shopping around, recovering from Thanksgiving. I just think it makes most sense to have the games um in prime time in the evening because no one wants to sit down and watch a, a, a game in the middle of their day essentially so i have to believe prime time is the answer jesse is saying prime time i love the afternoon yep like like that's i i think that's the reason they're doing it is like because so many people are also off the day after thanksgiving you know some people have to go back to work but you've got so many people off like i love having a game to watch in the middle of the day if i'm home yep. The day after Thanksgiving. I love that it's at 3 o'clock and not Me 8 too. o'clock at night. 100%. Maybe that makes us old. I don't know. but Maybe that's if Look, if you're if you're a Black Friday shopper, I saw somebody say they were going to be shopping, you're doing it at 6 a.m. You're done by 3. Come Says home, who? kick your feet up. I got a lot then of you people suck to shop at shopping. For. You suck at shopping if it Gotta takes make you it that make it all long. the deals across town. And on top of that, all this Black Friday stuff's online now. You don't need to go into the store. Cyber Monday. Sit back. Get your laptop out and watch some football. Chi-Town has actually got it right. He said, make it daytime because the high school championship is at night. And that, apparently, I Ooh. didn't realize the NFL actually does have a rule that when the like it's like the second week in December or something like that, that's when they can start doing like Friday night games because like they've wow. got some actual rule that they won't play games at night on Fridays because of high school games. Irish Chi-Town. That is the actual reason they do it. Nailed it. He nailed it because that's when, that's when uh, Indiana plays their championships on Friday and Saturday. My, you know, like my wife and and her mom, my mother-in-law, you know, like they used to be one of those get up at the crack of dawn and hit every store in the morning on black Friday. Not a thing anymore. I think that that's dead. It's like, that's, you know, it's like, the game is going to be on Amazon, and that's who's got your business most of the time. <laughs> Seriously. So, that's so true. Yeah. So true. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I, I'll, let's just wrap up with this one. This week marks the 45th anniversary. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me who I'd want to be traded to. You want to do that one? All right, let's go I think that one's more fun. Okay, uh, there's currently a commercial out there that has a fan being traded. Have you guys seen this commercial? I have not. It's yeah, it's a funny. commercial, and the guy is like, it's "What?" Okay, he's like, "I got traded. traded for what?" I'm a fan. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, if you were traded to be the fan of another team, what team would you want to be traded to? This is tough. Baseball. I can't can't stay in the NL. Trade me to the Boston Red Sox. I've always liked the Red Sox. I think being a, a fan in Boston would be a ton of fun. I think you'd be embraced. Um, and then football wise, again, I, I got to switch over to the AFC. 
Trade me to the Buffalo Bills. I've heard how fun it is to be tailgating at Buffalo. I've heard how nice the fans are in Buffalo. And the Cowboys got all those Super Bowls out of the Bills. So I can I have no problem going over to the Bills and having a good old time. And it's it's close to where I'm at now. So I'd go uh, Buffalo Bills for football and the Boston Red Sox for baseball. All right. This is really hard. Uh, but you'd have to – there'd be a lot of – they'd have to give, give like, uh, you know, rights to new new babies and something for their fandom as part of this trade. It, it wouldn't be – I'm a hot commodity in the, the fan world. What? what? About babies? <laughs> what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, because, like, you would, you would have – you would trade me – because like lost me. <laughs> no, like there's there's new kids born every day, and their fandom is still up for grabs. So I'm saying, oh, I see you you trade okay. me for you know the potential of like five babies and getting their fandom for gotcha. me. Gotcha. So you're t- you just it. you just said that your your father's gonna be a grandfather five times over. That's basically <laughs> what you just said. So John says John says that you want to be traded to the Eagles, Jesse. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. See that list is a lot easier to come up with. Like the teams that I would have a no trade clause for, right? right. I mean, like for baseball it would be the Cardinals and the White Sox. Like that'll never happen. I will. Right. I can't do it. I would rather just stop following baseball. You know right. what I mean? Milwaukee's um, on that list for me too. Really? That's interesting. Just that's the like proximity Rig- of Wrigley North. Yeah, that's all it is. That's all it is. Baseball's a tough one. I don't know where I would go with baseball. There's just a lot of teams that I really, really dislike. Um, so I don't know where I would go for baseball. Uh, but for football, I don't know why. I've always kind of dug the Raiders. I wouldn't mind being a Raiders fan. Now that they're in Vegas, they got that beautiful stadium. I wouldn't mind going to visit that. That wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, nowhere in Michigan. Because I thought about like the Tigers because that's my father-in-law's team. We could at yeah. least have that. We could share that. Uh, I do root for the Tigers when I go up to games with him. So maybe, maybe it would be the Tigers. Never, ever be anything else, Michigan. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of tough. I'll say the Raiders. Why not? Um, but yeah, it's so much easier to come up with a list of teams I would not want to follow, like the Packers. Like, I can't be a Packers fan. I can't be a Lions fan. I can't be anybody in the North. So I'd have to go to the AFC, I suppose. I don't want to be a bandwagon fan and say the Chiefs. You know, that's no good. I, True. You got to find somebody else to, to hop on board. I actually like Jesse's. For some reason, I do like the Bills. That's what I mean. Um, I, I feel like yeah. you never have a bad time and the fans are always right. nice. Yeah, I kind of I kind of dig that choice, but I don't want to repeat what you said, but I, <laughs> I dig what you said. That's. I thought about the Bills, but I felt like that would be a little bit of a bandwagon move at this point, too. You know, it's like, right. oh, yeah. okay, they've got Josh Allen and all that kind of stuff. Maybe once they get the new Dome Stadium built, you know, in a few years and you can sit in comfort if you're going to go to games. All right. December 17th. I, I would actually take the Seahawks. That would be my the NFL oh, team that fun. I would take the trade. Pete Carroll. It's like, Pete Carroll, I can't get on board with that. See, yeah, I've. I, I love NFL Pete. Pete Carroll. I hate yeah, college I do Pete too. Carroll. I do, and Pete Carroll gave me a what's up once, leaving, I think, probably his last <laughs> press conference when he was the USC coach. So he walked <laughs> by and he's like, he's like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, hey, Pete Carroll, what's up? <laughs> so, <laughs> and, you know, it's like I, I can't stand the 49ers and, you know, like the, you know, the enemy of your enemy is your friend and, and that kind of thing. So I would I would take the Seahawks, I think. And I agree, like with Jesse. NFL Pete Carroll is is a, a Pete Carroll that I can get behind. Baseball, I you know I'm already you know not, I, I'm not like diehard Red Sox by any means. I, I do like them, you know. I know you so do. I would just take I would I would I would take that trade. You know, Fenway is still like a bucket list thing. 
I think. And, you know, maybe after that, you know, I don't know, like Dodgers might be another one. I thought about Padres, but they're so long suffering. You know, I don't know if I'd want to be a fan of the Padres, but I would take the weather anyway. Oh, yeah. That was I thought about that going out West Coast and just really having some good weather somewhere. Yeah. I mean, there's there. It's always beautiful in San Diego. I mean, someone asked uh, what college. Oh, I you would go with that. college was tough. I, and I thought and I, easy I just, one for me. I was I always a Texas over the fan. Yeah, that's oh. true. Yep. <laughs> I loved. And I might just Augie have to Garrido, go with that right? by default, even though. Yeah. Augie Garrido back when he was the baseball coach. Yep. I I had a burnt orange Texas sweatshirt, baby. I loved. That's I wanted right. to go to Texas for a long time, actually. You Good engineering school. Wanted to play baseball there. <laughs> That's right. I mean, if you got a spot scholarship to play baseball at Texas, I mean, I, I would have bought some Texas stuff then. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. We all would. We'd be decked out. <laughs> we actually met some people last week whose granddaughter, um, I, grad, uh, graduated grad school at Texas, and her like they filled up the whole stadium, like eighty thousand people for graduation down. Wow. There, apparently, that's crazy. Nuts. Yeah, the place is huge. The University of Texas is absolutely gigantic. Yeah, <laughs> that might have, have to be mine as well. Because like I thought, it's like I looked at all these, mm. like you know, and it's just, uh, nah, nothing, nothing real. You know, I, obviously I have my own alma mater, and you know, right, the thing for Notre Dame. Other than that, I just Texas might have to be it by default. Yeah, I just don't know if there's anybody out there. And even that then, I really it's you know, it's like about. now, it's like not like I pull for them, you know. So eventually, my kid's going to go to college. Into Paul, well, the Demon Deacons. Okay, yeah. like I said eventually my kid's going to go to college. I'll end up being a fan of wherever he goes, and so you know that'll be that'll be fun. That's why I'm <laughs> trying to get him to go to Notre Dame. You know, that way I don't have to buy any new gear. There you go. That would help, nice. wouldn't it? The grades looking up. Straight A's. There we go. So All right, last it. question. This is the four. This week is the forty-fifth no, no anniversary of Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> what's your What's your Chuck E. Cheese relationship? I haven't been to Chuck E. Cheese since uh, what is that? A million Count years con- ago. T- Count and, Town and Country Plaza by uh, Dunham. Still there. It's still there. World, World Gym. I haven't still been there. there. I think I took a field trip in, in middle school, intermediate school. It's probably the last time I ever went. It got real. Chuck E. Cheese went through a down phase. I think it's actually come back a little bit recently. I think they've kind of rebranded or something. But I have friend. I have a friend who takes his son there a lot. I guess that's my only real connection. But you know, it's Chuck E. Cheese is not the place for me. I'm too old for that. John says he still goes to Chuck E. Well, Cheese. Well, you're too old because you have no kids. That's the thing. It's not like we go there to like hang out as adults. But they do sell <laughs> beer, uh, by the way. Uh, they've, they've completely revamped Chuck E. Cheese and there's no robot like actors anymore. They, they completely walled that off. And oh, really? now they just have like a dance floor in the middle and a guy dressed as Chuck E. Cheese comes out and like dances with you. Interesting. Um, it's very disappointing. I, it's I not the Chuck E. Cheese of yeah, old. I mean, um, I, I grew up with showbiz pizza, which then got somebody bought else out that. by Chuck E. Cheese and you know, my we did the phase of Chuck E. Cheese with my kids. We 100% did. You know, kids love the games and the pizza and all the whatever. And I disliked it greatly, but the kids loved it, and that's what you do as a dad. So yeah. went through it when I was a kid, and I took my kids there. It, it's easy. It's easy, and they love it. So that's 
like the place that we used to go when I was growing up was called Straw Hat Pizza. And mm. it was like the same, you know, not quite as pimped out as Chuck E. Cheese, but a little bit better pizza quality, I seem to remember. Probably you know, but true. the adults, the adults could buy their cold ones, you know, and do their thing while the kids were playing video games and stuff like that. Chuck E. Cheese obviously sort of uh took it to another level. Showbiz. Right. I don't think I ever remember a, a showbiz though but i do remember doing a you know birthday party or two oh yeah when, when jesse and his sister were younger at at old charles cheeses it's been quite a while charles since cheese. i've been there though <laughs> charles cheese it's well done it's well done my kids still talk about it all the time i'm like no you're too old we're not going there <laughs> yeah it's not happening the pizza was solid you know? It's okay. It's edible. Like it, yeah. And they charge you too much for it because you're trapped there. They don't let you bring in any outside food, obviously. Mm -hmm. it, it is what it is, you know, and you still get the crappy prizes for the tickets, you know, and all that stuff. And it, yeah. See, now yeah. it's like we go to the bowling alley. And I think I told you, you know, the last time Jesse and for his sisters, was it his, when, when did we go to the bowling alley? Anyway. We got ticket after ticket, won a million tickets, and she got like a little rubber cup. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You think yeah. you're going to get something awesome. You walk up with the fistful of tickets, and they're like, all right, you got some suckers here. You got a couple plastic frogs over here. Yep. And uh, what would you like? You know, yep. and the, the thing that you want is like 750,000 tickets. Exactly. Like, <laughs> at that point, however much it takes you to get those tickets, you could have just you, went out and bought You it. literally oh. spend $50 in tickets yes. to get the plastic cup and a dum-dum <laughs> sucker, you know? Yep. Yep. Exactly. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today. We've been here. We, for uh, we, we, we rode this one for a while. There yeah, was a, uh, a super chat. Is there still one in there? No, there is one, yeah, uh, for you guys. Oh, Tyler wants to know. Thanks for the super chat, Tyler. Sean and Jesse, do you guys love watching the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, <laughs> or do you think the NFL should switch teams up? Every I'll let day? you go first on this one. I used to be in the camp of I like the fact that, you know, my team was the special team and gets to play on Thanksgiving, but I've talked about this a few times before. The way the Cowboys play, I am tired of being miserable on Thanksgiving, <laughs> watching them choke away winnable games. You know, last week was or last year was an exception because they actually beat the Giants. But I just I'm tired of being miserable on a holiday when you're around your family and you're supposed to be having a good time and enjoying everybody's company. You know, like the Raiders game two years ago. Do you remember oh, that with all the. The freaking pass interference penalties and everything. I was else. at my grandparents' house that day. Of course, I remember that, and I got looked at like I was a buffoon because I was getting so upset about how yes. they were playing against the Raiders. <laughs> a buffoon. <laughs> I'll just so say, Jesse, I I enjoy them playing on Thanksgiving because I think it adds to the holiday. Like I think it's to me, it's become like a package deal. I look forward to it. Um, but recently, I've hated it because of what you talk about. They just play crap, and I hate when they play divisional opponents on Thanksgiving too. I think that's also very stupid. I think no holiday game should involve divisional opponents. I think well, you know what? Matchups that you don't typically see. I think that's what's more entertaining. But it's just, yeah, the Cowboys have played like crap on Thanksgiving the last probably 10 years or so, it feels like. And I heard just, something. It ruins the week. holiday for you. I heard something this week about that divisional thing. And because of this whole change with, you know, with the TV thing where like how it used to be CBS – like if if the AFC team was on the road, CBS would get that game and vice versa. If it was the NFC, Fox would get it and they did away with that rule. 
this year. One that changed a lot of that that opened a lot of things up. You know the way games were distributed, and they basically didn't want to give up any marquee games for you know like the Lions and Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So they just gave them divisional opponents this year. Wow. Instead, with the, with the rationale that it's Thanksgiving. And people are going to watch no matter who what. they play, and people are going to watch no matter what. Yeah, yep. I get it. Yep, don't have to like it, but you get it. That's right. All right. Well, have a great weekend. Hopefully, the weather is better where you are than where we are. I was just peeking out the window. Beautiful. Again. It looks like maybe it stopped, but well, it's coming your way. So I got a tiki bar in my near future. Nice. <laughs> Smash the like button on your way out and subscribe, rate, and review. Have a great weekend. We will talk to you Monday on Ivy Nation Sports Talk.